Welcome to Holderness Road Methodist Church Audio Worship. The audio you are about to hear was taken from the service for the third Sunday in Advent, broadcast on Sunday the 13th of December 2020. An open and call to worship. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, God's anointed is coming, good news to the world. The broken hearts will beat with strength. The feet in shackles will dance with freedom. The eyes that weep will cry no more, for hope is restored. And today we hear heaven's call. The angels proclaiming, the prophets telling, God's anointed is coming. Good news to the world. And our voices shall sing, for God's covenant is sure. The promise is forever. God's word is for us. We are ready to hear, to find ourselves in the light that is coming. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we adore you. We come before your throne of grace with hearts full of praises. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are him that strips of whose sandals. John the Baptist says he is unworthy to untie. You are our Messiah our Redeemer, and we exalt your name. So God, we come to you to confess our sins. We have sinned against you in unimaginable ways, knowingly and unknowingly. We have come short of your glory, and we are undeserving of your love. For that, Lord, we say we are sorry. We are very sorry. Your word assures us in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 that if we confess our sins, you're righteous to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So as we come to this realization of your forgiveness, we pray that you shine your light of love upon our sinful lives. Loving God, in this season of Advent, this period of waiting and expectation. Help us to remember that you are our ultimate mysterious gift of love and forgiveness bestowed upon our lives. Give us the awareness to always remember that your love endures forever. And give us the courage to share this amazing love with the world. Father, we thank you for your abundance as we come through the last month of the year. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us so that we may experience you anew in this act of worship. We offer our prayers in and through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Reading from John chapter 1, starting at verse 6. There was a man named John who was sent by God. He came to tell people the truth about the light, so that through him all people could hear about the light and believe. John was not the light, but he came to tell people the truth about the light. The true light that gives light to all was coming into the world. The Word was in the world, and the world was made by him, 
but the world did not know him. He came to the world that was his own, but his own people did not accept him. We light the third candle of Advent. We look to John, the one you sent, to point us to your light. The light will come into our world and enlighten everyone. God sent John a baptizer to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus Christ. The true light of the world, John called for people to repent, repent of their sins and to live faithfully. He baptized with a cleansing water and proclaimed the new life that Christ the one who would follow him would bring thing would bring this advent we ask for god's mercy and a joyful new beginning merciful god we give thanks that you send messengers like john to call us to greater faith we ask that in these days we prepare for you in prayer and acts of holy compassion Forgive us and lead us to your light. Amen. John the Baptist, by his preaching and by water poured, brought to those who heard his teaching news of hope restored. Keep your vision strong and steady and be ready for the Lord. Isaiah 61 1 to 4 and 8 to 11. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release the, to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort who all mourn, to provide those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of, of, glad, of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, the, they, will be, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their re recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. Who All who see them shall acknowledge what they are, a people whom Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My my whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. 
He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what it sown into its spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The reading is taken from John 1 verses 6 to 8 and 19 to 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light. He came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, they asked him, Why then are you baptising, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered to them, I baptise with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across from the Jordan, where John was baptising. The manner of Jesus' birth was something possibly far from expected by the Jewish people. Being in a stable, a long way from home, because the Roman authority of the time, the ones that this Messiah might eventually cast out, had ordered the people to register in Bethlehem. The Son of God lowered to a manger. We've heard about a miraculous conception about appearances by angels, a star followed to Bethlehem, a birth in a stable, a flight to Egypt, the boy Jesus in the temple. In the Gospels of Matthew, and particularly Luke, we hear about these amazing things, and we hear the beginnings of the earthly story of Jesus. All things, quite rightly, point to Jesus. But when we read Mark's and also John's gospel for today, the attention of the story turns firstly to the character of John the Baptist. And even then, he's just referred to as John. And who we have enter centre stage is not Jesus to begin with, but someone pointing to Jesus. We have John, not the Messiah or the Christ that the people are guessing about and hoping for, at least not yet. John is not even Elijah, which was a fair assumption of the people that he spoke to. As Malachi proclaimed in the last book of the Old Testament, in the very last paragraph, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah. But he's simply John. Like in Mark, the author of John's Gospel saw fit to put John first, not first in importance, but first in his narrative. And we might ask ourselves the question, why was this? I'd like you to imagine that you're attending an interview and you're a bit nervous but feeling confident on the day 
you've prepared for all of the possible questions about the company, about the job, even researched for hours. You sit down, remembering, of course, to wait to be asked. You look the stern-faced interviewer in the eye and she asks without a hint of a smile, sing a song that best describes you. I'm sorry, what? Sing a song that best describes you. You have two minutes and she looks at her watch. She looks over her glasses and she waits. How would you do in such a situation? This is a common thing to do, apparently. To build up an interview and suddenly begin with something completely left field and unexpected. But the point is, the chances are we'd actually give a far better answer than we think. And it can bring out some parts of a person's character that an other question wouldn't. Well, the author of John's Gospel described the scene, the part where the infinite nature of the word, creation and the universe, and deliberately he seemed to go clunk with the introduction of John. The first thing that we need to notice is that John was sent by God. Hear the words from the start of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. It sounds almost mysterious. Looking back at the dawn of time, comprehending the maker of all things and the light in the darkness. And then we suddenly read, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. We might have expected to hear about Jesus, to quote the Graham Kendrick song, with hands that flung stars into space, but here we just have a man called John. Try to put yourself in the place of John for a moment. What is expected of you, do you think? Is it overwhelming? Task to perform, to introduce the Messiah sounds impossible, but you have been both named and tasked by God himself. There came a man who was sent from God is no small phrase. That it was John adds more importance to his role. John's name means God is gracious or the Lord is gracious. So if we take that knowledge, verse 19 says, Now this was John's testimony. We can reread it as, Now this was the testimony of the grace of God. Powerful words to hear. The second thing we need to notice is that John came as a pointer to Jesus. Any business-minded person will tell you that advertising is fine, but it's word of mouth that really brings the people in. And John had this huge celebrity status because of his activities in the wilderness and around the River Jordan. People flocked to him. He dressed strangely, he ate strangely, he baptised in the river, he lived strangely. They thought he was the Messiah. Some thought he might be Elijah, because John stuck out like a sore thumb amongst the people. 
just like the prophet Elijah before him. There's a quote from an old comedian called Fred Allen. It says, a celebrity is a person who works hard all his life to become known and then wears dark glasses to avoid being recognised. John was such a person. He brought people to himself, not for his own celebrity and popularity, but because ultimately he wanted to be unrecognised and at exactly the right time to say these words. I baptise with water, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. It was part of God's great plan to get the people to flock to John and time and time again, John moves the discussion away from himself and onto Jesus. His whole life was about preparing and making a straight path for the coming of the light of the world. Saying, I'm not the Messiah that you're looking for, meant that his own celebrity would fade away. John's heart told the message here. He didn't just point to Jesus. He was a brightly burning lit beacon for Jesus. And God carried out his plan through John's strangeness, through his words and his actions and his great humility. Finally, the third thing about John was that he exposed a truth about the mystery of Jesus. If you've seen Undercover Boss on the TV, most of the programme centres on the big boss of a company going in amongst the ground-level staff and quizzing them about what it's like to work there. There's then the part where the boss reveals themselves, which is good for some and maybe not so good for others. Someone unknown among the workers is the manager of their manager's manager, probably, and the one at the top of the tree is possibly stood right next to them. Well, John eventually says to the Jewish leaders, to the priests and the Levites who are asking him who he is, but among you stands one you do not know, and in comes something that we have taken the people listening totally off guard. So John is implying and indicating that the Messiah is here. The people were content to make their own minds up about John and discuss it amongst themselves, but here we have a different thing, an unknown thing. Could this be the mysterious one that they were looking for, the one who would bring about peace and justice in his kingdom? How will he react to us if he really is already here and amongst us now. For lots of people today, Jesus is still a mystery. For Christian believers, this mystery is a part of the nature of Christ in our world, and it's important that we don't lose sight of the mystery of Christ, of his incarnation, that he baptises with the Holy Spirit, that he reconciles us to God, that he saves us from our sins, that he makes himself known to us. But for others, Jesus is a mystery because he remains hidden. Jesus, as John the Baptist says, is one amongst you who is not known. 
A message from John's gospel today might be that we must believe that like John the Baptist, we are sent from God to the places that we live in, to our surroundings, to our locality. We have a role to point to Jesus in these times, to testify to the light, to stand out from the crowd, to sometimes do what's unusual or unexpected and in his spirit to carry that message of great joy and hope through this Advent and into the new year. So may we be lights in the darkness as we point to the everlasting God who came down to us at Christmas. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let us turn to our prayers of intercession, our prayers for others, for situations and concerns that we have at this time. O holy God, we are mindful of your mystery, yet in awe of your wonderful and personal love for each of us. We give you thanks for hearing our prayers and ask that you might bless your people who are in need. We pray in earnest for your world and in particular for all those areas, including our own country, that are still dealing with the COVID-19 virus. Father, there is hope on the horizon we see with a vaccine. We ask that you would guide the decisions and actions of the people administering and organising the vaccine's distribution. At this time, we also pray for those who have suffered and those who have lost loved ones as a result of the virus. And also for those who, who still suffer. Hold them close, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for your church in this time and season, in the hustle and bustle of activity and busyness that surrounds the season that celebrates your son's birth. Father, help us as your church to respond to the needs of those in our communities and to help people to see and experience your light and good news of salvation. Give us the strength of perseverance, we pray, and move your church by your spirit to give us zeal for sharing your gospel message. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are close to us, for those who cannot share with us now, for those who are housebound, due to illness or safety concerns, for those who are lonely. And in particular, we ask for your blessings on all of those who are suffering physically and mentally at this moment and help them to know that they are not out of sight or out of mind. We offer to you those who are close to us and we pray now in the silence of our hearts for their well-being. Let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Teach us all, we pray, to cast our burdens upon you, to look to you to sustain us, comfort us and guide us. And help us all to acknowledge your mystery, to seek your help, to look after your people and to care for each other in love. For in Jesus we have our perfect example. We pray all of these things in his holy and life-giving name. Amen. Let us all join together as we say the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. A blessing. Lord Jesus Christ, send us out with confidence in your word to tell the world of your saving acts and to bring glory to your name. Amen. We say the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, evermore. Amen. <laughs>